up, soldiers? It's Ethan from Marsden House, and you're listening to Mighty Mighty Marsden House with Tim Lawson. This swing gonna stop right into the spotlight, they give me some burn on my face. We took it from the black right into the top right there, and we did it all in your face. You know they gonna love it. All right, what's going on, Marsden House fans? I am Timothy Lawson. I'm back for another episode of Mighty Mighty Marsden House. Last week we had Chad Downing, and he decided to pass the mic to R Sonic, aka the Marine Rapper, aka TMR Sonic. I don't even know what you're going by these days. Uh, I'm so <laughs> used to uh, call. I'm so used to referring to you as R Sonic, but I know you go by so many other aliases. You have your 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 actual name that you go, you go by to uh, go by occasionally. Uh, what should we be addressing you as today here on the show? Yeah, 2015 is TMR. TMR. So- yeah, and it's also, you know, the Marine Rapper and also the acronym for it and also basically saying the future because usually when people say, you know, tomorrow, they say TMR. So mm, that's gotcha. I like that. Okay, okay. All right, TMR. Um, let's, you know, we gotta we have to set some roots. We have to set a foundation. You know, anybody who's familiar with me and my Veteran Empire podcast, they've, they're familiar with you. We've learned about your uh, your background in the military uh, as well as we did an album review for Boots. So um, they'll, they'll, we'll have some links up uh, for those two interviews. But for the people who are less familiar with you, let's talk about your introduction to rap and hip-hop in general. When was the first time, what's the earliest memory you ha- you have of being exposed to the genre? As in like pure raw hip-hop? I would say uh, Biggie Life After Death. Okay. So the pure raw hip-hop as in looking at it for like the lyrics and stuff like that but earlier on it was like uh crisscross and, sure mm, jump, and, jump. Uh, and buster rhymes i miss the bus all that kind of stuff yeah yeah so but, uh, what um where were you at that time then i was in cali i was in oceanside california that's basically the city right outside camp pendleton the marine corps base ironically um so i grew up all around the military, Marines, Marine uh, families and spouses and stuff like that. So that was the furthest thing from my mind at the time. I did not want to have anything to do with the military. <laughs> That's a little ironic, isn't it? Yeah, it's ironic. And if you told me I was going to be a Marine, like I'd be like, no. No. <laughs> so how did you finally start getting into rapping yourself then? Uh, you know, so tell us that, and then you know what's the what's the time difference between that first exposure, um, uh, that first exposure to to hip hop, and then when you finally started getting into it yourself. Well, I started getting into hip hop like like I said um, after I heard the Biggie CD. That's when I wanted to start to freestyle with my buddies in the neighborhood. We'd like freestyle, and then after a while, we'd actually made like you know like little recordings on like a little cheap recorder at Walmart, like a little tape recorder. Cause that's all we could afford for eight bucks. Yeah. And we'd start, you know, making songs like, okay, now we have a topic. Like that was the first time we actually like, Oh, let's make up a topic for the song. And we would both try to write a rap verse. And I don't even think we knew what 16 bars were. We just did whatever sounds good. And yeah, we just put it together and we're really underground hip hop, like really, uh philosophical kind of stuff and really digging in deep and thinking about how how the world's intertwined and how we fit in that you know that sort of uh and how web. old were you i was 
think 18. So Okay, okay. You know, hip-hop is so much a culture, and it's so different in different areas of the country. You know, West Coast hip-hop compared to New York, compared to Atlanta, compared to the Midwest and Seattle and everything. You have a much different um, environment there in being in, in a military family and, see, and being exposed to multiple different areas and maybe a little bit more uh, separated from uh, from the general, you know, from uh, public areas and whatnot, or at least from like public schools and such. I mean, you you were going, you're probably going still going to public schools, though, weren't you? I yeah, guess, I, I was. guess I guess stateside, you would still be going to the same schools. Um, so tell me, so what was the culture like then, though, with uh, with hip hop? Like, what sort of what sort of hip hop culture did you find yourself getting involved in? It was mostly like underground, like it sounded more like dilated people's um, L.A. Symphony. A lot of stuff from L.A. came L- down. L.A. Symphony. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar I'm, with L.A. Symphony. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um, you know, Grouch Furs. Who else? There's a rapper by the name of Sly Boogie. He's from San Diego. Sly stuff Boogie. like that. Yeah, Sly Boogie. If you don't have, if you don't know who that is, you should check it up. But uh. Crooked Eye, The Wake Up Show, um, Sway and Tech, um, stuff like that. That that was the stuff that we're on. We're on, we were on like a kind of like the, the circle that I ran with was more into the uh, Wake Up Show, uh, Sway and Tech, Rockus, Most Def kind of stuff like that, like hip hop, but like graffiti mixed with that. So yeah, if you know anything about um, you know uh, that kind of hip hop, that was the hip hop that we're into, especially because. Uh, we were around a lot of, um, you know, skateboarders and stuff because Tony Hawk was in the next city over, Carlsbad, in Oceanside, so they were neighbors. So Tony Hawk, anything that went along with that kind of, like, like raw hip-hop that sounded like it could work for skateboarding or while you're, you know, hitting up, doing graffiti underneath a bridge or something like that, that was the essence of hip-hop that we had over there in Oceanside. So it was really technical. It was really uh, lyrics-based. It was just, like... It, it was different. It wasn't like, you know, mainstream hip-hop that you would hear from the West Coast. It wasn't like West Side Connection. It was, like, real lyrical, like, kind of like when you would hear, like, uh, you know, Dilated Peoples. That's what it was kind of like. Yeah, okay. Um, so let's just let's just get into your creative process. Uh, you know, you're... You're one of my uh, most listened to artists, you know, in my in my library. Uh, I've been I listen to Boot quite often. Uh, we're using we're using a, a segment of Marchin from the new Fuel for Warriors podcast. So I'm familiar awesome. with your, yeah I'm familiar with your music, and I think that you have a really a really interesting delivery. So tell us about tell us about your creative process. You know how does how does a song by by TMR get developed and and put into action? Well the way I like to do is I've always thought was cool how like a lot of times military and Marines and soldiers when they're overseas, they listen to rock to get them pumped up and hyped up. Right. So I kind of like when I make music, I kind of like it to have the essence of like Spartans and warriors and military and hype you up. So I kind of like infuse a little of the Southern rap cause they have the most hyped up, you know, kind of music. But then I also, lyricism that I've learned from, you know, people like Crooked Eye and uh, Tech Nine when I start to double time or triple, do the triplets, stuff like that. Uh, like all of them mixed together in a pot, like Spartans, Tech Nine, Eminem, Crooked Eye, Biggie, um, you know, all the, all the hip hop greats that are really technical and lyrical. I'm on that technical side. So my create, I try to visualize it first and say, 
what do I want to talk about? Oh, I want to talk about um, how how they have, how military or Marines or whoever embody the warrior spirit. Who's the warrior Spartans? Okay, people know about three hundred. Okay, cool. Now describe how they how they fought in war, but use it in lyrics, and then kind of do the juxtaposition with uh, MCs and Spartans, and use you know a lot of alliteration, use a lot of uh, entendres, use a lot of interior rhyme schemes. And then I just build. So, like, I kind of visualize, and then I build from there, and then I go back and I edit and see what other words I could rhyme within the rhyme or any letters. And a lot of times, if you looked at the lyrics, you'd be like, oh, wow, that those whole 16 bars, and those whole, that couplet right there within the 16 bars, he used all S's, you know, for alliteration, or he alternated, like, words back and forth. So my creative process is visualization and then just building, just like, just set the foundation and build it just like a house and then just fine tune it. And then, then a lot of things that people need to realize, like when you're rapping, you need to cater the rap to you. A lot of people have different like breast patterns and things like that. You have to go, go back over and be like, can I say this comfortably? You know, some people have a speech impediment. They got to work with that. You know, Biggie, he rapped a little slower because, you know, he's a bigger guy, but he went with it and he caused his own rhythm to where it start, started to sound more jazzy. People need to understand the creative process needs to take in consideration that when you're rapping, your voice is an instrument. As long as you treat your voice like an instrument, you're like, wow, okay. If the composition changes, you need to change. You just need to adapt to it and use it. I just use my voice as like paint and the paintbrush and like the beat of the canvas. So that it's, I, I, I attack the track artistically to answer your question. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot actually. So let's get in. Let's get into a little bit of your lyrics because that's one of the that's uh, an aspect of this show that I, I like the most. I like getting in. I'm a yeah. I love lyrics. I love you know. I love stories and messages behind uh, hip hop lyrics, and I like getting uh, into where they came from from the artist. So in your in your song "Daddy's Little Star," um, you mentioned uh, you know you know you said. I knew you were special from the day you were born, about a week early, so you could see your pa. I knew that you were special since the day that you were born, about a week early, just so you could see your pa. Um, you know, tell us about that story uh, and about the, um, you know, the early birth of your daughter and what it meant to you before before being deployed. Well, it meant a lot because I was supposed to deploy to Iraq, which means I wouldn't have saw her for six months, which means I wouldn't even know what she looked like when she came out of the womb. And it meant a lot because because she was one week premature, I was able to get that moment as well as get that motivation because there's been a lot of times when I was over there that I just wanted to just, you know, give up um, because, you know, you feel alone sometimes when you're over there. You, you get in your own little bubble and you're like, day after day, I'm going on patrols. Yeah, I was a combat correspondent, but I was with an infantry battalion. So that means I was patrolling alongside of them, you know, and people don't realize that. So I sometimes I was like, wow, you know, this could be my last day. But then, you know, the theme of Daddy's Little Star is like with that guiding light in the sky being like, hey, you can make it home. I know you might seem hopeless right now, but you can always make it home. And her being born early gave me that visualization that stuck with me through my seven-month deployment over there and was like my guiding light while I was on deployment. So it means a great deal that she was born premature. Absolutely. So it, and you, you know, you spent, uh, you spent a better part of that verse discussing that. 
I mean, how do you, you know, it's easy to, you know, the the inspiration with your, your daughter's birth obviously makes a lot of sense. And I'm really glad that, you know, she was there to give you that sort of motivation. How do you, you know, how do you think, um, what are you, what are you, what are you doing over there? Are you opening a bag of chips? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to eat. No, I'm just joking. I'm actually uh, just opening up, like, just this electronic device. But I'm good now. <laughs> It's okay. When I last week when I was talking to Chad, he was like running errands and stuff while he was on uh, on the show with me. We Rap- rappers, we I tell you, they just be doing whatever they want to be doing. We multitask while we're doing things, you know. It's true. It's true. So then, okay. So it's easy to it's easy to see the inspiration she provided, but you know, have you ever thought about what your time over there would be like? Uh, how it would be differently had either your daughter not been born like at all, like her, she wasn't in the picture, or or just the simple fact that maybe you didn't get a chance to see her before being deployed. Have you ever wondered how differently you would have viewed that deployment? Oh, definitely. Um, I haven't wondered how different. There you go. You caused a new idea in my head, um, like a what if. But I haven't really viewed it differently. I've just looked at it as, you know, it is what it is and how grateful I am that that situation did happen. I haven't looked at the other side of it. But I think that leads into the next thing on my next project. So I think I'm going to discuss those next things and, I got something real special for that next project. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, so let's let's touch on that. You know, Boo came out last year. Was it early this year or last year? It was uh, last year. It was last year. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm into 2015. It's 2014. Yeah, yeah. 2014. Right, okay, so it was, it was early 2014, right? Yeah. Uh, so... You know that was so. What what is the next? Do you have a full full length album on the horizon, or what? Are you, what are you, what sort of music are you creating right now? I am creating um, reinvention. It's going to be called reboot. Are, are you still in like the conceptual stage of that? Have you begun recording? Um, I have all the conceptualization down. I just need to start recording. But reboot is. I'm sorry, Reboot is a continuation of Boo, as well as it's kind of like Reboot, I'm starting over because I'm out of the Marine Corps now, so it's a whole bunch of wordplay on Reboot, like, it's like the second Reboot, as well as it's Reboot of myself, because I have to go back into society, and it's going to be talking about my experiences, and my thoughts, and how do I feel about all the issues that I have to deal with, like PTSD, anxiety, stress, trying to look for a regular job, and just kind of have to start from square one, because a lot of veterans don't realize that they have to... Um, start over because they, they, they're not going to get as paid as much as they did when they uh, were in the military and they have to start and, and do their own thing. So it's going to discuss all the issues that veterans, uh, suicide, all of that. I can appreciate that. Um, yep. So let, let's get into sort of, I don't, I don't know what to call this yet, a sort of the, the, the lightning round or the, the a quick set of questions that sort of uh, get into, every, that I like to ask every artist. Um, so what, uh, if you could, if you could work with any producer, who, who do you want to beat from? Dr. Dre. Dre. Okay. What about, uh, artist collaboration? Who, who would you want to work with? My next one is, uh, Chad Downing. It hasn't happened, but we're going to make it happen. <laughs> you know, I can't wait for that one. What venue do you want to uh, perform at? What would be a dream venue? Somewhere in Hollywood. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Just in front of, in front of veterans, probably overseas with the USO. What song do you wish you had back to do over again? Not better, but I just want it mastered um, and cleaned up a little bit. It would be Here Now. Here Now? Yeah, I like Here Now. What song are you most proud of when, uh, you know, when, it, when it finally got mastered and when you finally 
released it and and you listened to it for the first time in its entirety, you know, which song made you the most proud? Like, damn, that one's mine. Marching. That describes my style right there. Uh, TMR, it's always a pleasure talking to you. We've got a chance to talk on, on numerous occasions. Um, you know, I feature a track at the end of every show like I did on my other podcast. And uh, which which song do you think the Marston House community should be listening to? Which which song, which song Sonic song should we give them? Marching. Marching? I like that. And then, all right, I am Tim Lawson on behalf of Steve, Ethan, and the rest of us here at, my, at the Mighty Mighty Marston House. We'll see you next week. Salute. Fight the feeling, just can't conceal it. Pressure keeps building, tear the roof off the building and the doors off the hinges. Cause I'm done with the yielding and backing up, so I'm wielding this sore feeling so militant. From experience, cause I went through, I'm living it. Warrior got the spirit of Sparta kicking with fearlessness. Now I'm wrecking it, redirecting my retina, set my sights on objectives, perfect the weapon trajectories. Yeah, now I'm looking for you to walk in these boots, so you be a troop for the booth, recruiting recruits of you. Yeah, ladies and dudes who handle the rules, get up, then continue to shoot. It took a little tweak. Now they believe it. Now I got a lead, got a team, got a legion. Training on the daily, on the weekend, in the evening. No matter land or the region, no matter time or the season, yeah, we march. Got our boots on, know you hear us. March. Part the Red Sea when you see us. March. Camouflage on, know it be us. March. Give us our respect when you see us. March. 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 See us. March. 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 See us. Left. Right, left, right, left, right, left, march, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, march. When I want to give it, feel like quitting, something keeps living inside me, keeps yelling. Tell me push on, push harder past the limit, it's no time for the giving and stick to it when I'm giving them. It's my all and so they march for the sergeant, ready to give it all up for the cause and just charge it. When I tell them to let it loose with the weapons, you blasting it down the mannequin, backing off what they never do. Never give up, not without a fight. Just to save a life, they would die, give their life. For the benefit, they committed to finishing. I'm committed to checking it for my veteran regiment. Every single message, live for the legends, for the forefathers, for the future and the present. Careful where you're stepping, cause my troops on them ready. No matter climate or whether we do this to Armageddon, yeah, we march. Left, right.